It's October 1982. The weather's getting colder. It's what some would call light jacket season. You call up your buds and tell them to meet you at the local theater before you go out cruising for dames or whatever it is they did in the early 1980s. I'm not sure I was born in the 90s. It's Halloween three time. You seen the first two? You thought the first one was great. The second one was good. You enjoyed it. An hour and 38 minutes later, you come out of the movie. No Michael Myers, a ripoff. This is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Video Star Wasteland. All right, welcome back to another episode of Video Store Wasteland. I am your host, Brian, uh, and I do, uh, you know... Thank you guys for for continuing listening. I hope you enjoyed our one-week hiatus last week. Uh, And this week, I thought I'd come back with, uh, you know, a movie that you heard in the the intro, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. You know, it's Halloween this weekend, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't do a Halloween episode. So I just went ahead and chose the best Halloween movie out there, the third one. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... Like I said, it was uh, in October 22nd, 1982 is when this movie was released. So we can just get a sort of a context before we hop into, uh, you know, who's in it, the little background of the movie and what I thought of it. Let's talk about what other movies came out in that year. 1982 was a hell of a year for movies. We got movies like Poltergeist, The Thing, which is another John Carpenter film we'll talk about later. E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Yes, I said the whole name. We got Conan the Barbarian. We have Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, Blade Runner, First Blood, which is the first Rambo movie. Wait, what? They drew first blood. Uh, And we got, you know, lesser known stuff like Dark Crystal. We got uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 came out that year, since we're talking about Halloween movies. Creepshow came out that year. Uh, Tron, the uh, first one, the original, which will, it is subject to a later episode of Video Store Wasteland. And uh, then uh, that year, just because I looked this up and I thought it was interesting, Gandhi won Best Picture at the Oscars. It won over E.T., the extraterrestrial. And uh, if that's not proof enough that the uh, Oscars don't mean anything, you know, they don't. They haven't meant anything since 1982. I've not seen Gandhi. I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen Gandhi. But most of us have seen E.T. Most of us had cried at E.T. Man, that little alien. Oh, well. Anyway, so that's 1982 in movies. So, like I said, pretty good year. Uh, these are all classics in, in my book, the ones that, that I, I listed before. I mean, I can't count the amount of times that I've seen The Thing. I can count the amount of times I've, I've seen Gandhi, and it's zero. Exactly zero. All right, so uh, enough of that. Let's move on to uh, a little discussion of uh, sort of the cast crew of uh, this movie, because it is uh, a little bit interesting. we got... Uh, Tom Atkins, who plays the lead in the movie. He is the doctor who uh, gets sort of taken into this whole mystery of Halloween 3, of what happens uh, in there. He was in such movies as The Fog, which is another John Carpenter, Escape from New York. Again, John Carpenter. 
using lethal weapon. He's also just in a ton of ton of TV. Most of the actors in this in this movie were sort of television actors before the before and after Halloween three. It, this movie wasn't exactly a, a launching point for for any of these people. We have uh, Stacy Nelkin, who was in Bullets Over Broadway, which I know that one got turned into a uh, musical itself. I don't know anything else that she was in. Again, lots of TV. We have Dan O'Hurley, who plays uh, the evil CEO type Cochrane in the movie. He was in Robocop 1 and 2 as the old man. He's also in Last Starfighter and Twin Peaks, which still hurts my brain to this day. I've tried to watch it many times. My brain still hurts. Entering the town of Twin Peaks. We got director of this movie is Tommy Lee Wallace, who went on to direct Fright Night Part 2 after this. He directed the It uh, TV series, the one with Tim Curry from, from 1990, the one that most people have fond memories of, even Part 2 of that TV series. Uh, and he also uh, did Max Headroom, a couple episodes of that, if we know what Max Headroom is. Uh, if you've seen the Eminem music video of Rap God, he does reference Matt's headroom there, which makes sense. Eminem is old. Uh, then we got John Carpenter. Of course, it's 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 John freaking Carpenter. <laughs> uh, the man is a for me at least his early work is certifiable genius. He's just great. His use of 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 music, his suspense in, in the movies is fantastic. Uh, then we got Deborah Hill, who's also producing it, who is his producing partner since Halloween, uh, the first one in 1978. She also did Clue and Adventures in Babysitting, Alan Horwath, who helped John Carpenter with the music. Then we have uh, the surprise for me, uh, <laughs> because uh, just just seeing this name pop up in this movie was 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 strange. It's uh, Dean Cundy, who served as the director of photography for Halloween 3, but he also served as a director of photography for Jurassic Park. Um, so <laughs> crazy, crazy that you go from Halloween 3 to, to one of the best blockbuster movies out there. Again, I'm biased on that one, mostly because Jurassic Park is my favorite movie. Uh, don't like it? Get over yourself. Man, we all got, we all got different things we like. And uh, also the legendary mask maker, Don Post, was included in this movie. He did the uh, masks in uh, Halloween 3, uh, the pumpkin, the witch, and the skeleton masks. Uh, believe some of those masks were already part of the Don Post's sort of uh, workshop he had. Uh, the man also did the still suits for Dune 1984, which, uh, you know, if you haven't seen the new one, watch that one. If you haven't seen either, go read the book. It's 600 pages. Have fun with it. <laughs> All right. So that's, uh, a, you know, a little bit of background of who's in the movie and sort of the timing of which uh, this movie was in, 1982. You got, uh, you know, your post your post-blockbuster sort of invention of the blockbuster with Godfather in 73 and uh, Star Wars in 77, Jaws in 75. That year, the 70s, is really where this uh, the term blockbuster movie comes out. And uh, by the list of the movies that I mentioned earlier in 1982, you can see that that really continued into that decade and, and continues on today. seems like it's the only thing we have. It's just blockbuster movies. 
uh, I'd be remiss if I say that there there are movies out there that that are more out are art house types in in places like AMC or Regal. It, it just doesn't exist. You'd have to go to very specific theaters or get them on streaming. Uh, so there's that. So before we move on to a little bit more of the movie background and a little discussion of it, I'd like to welcome our first sponsor by doing our first sponsor read ever. So let's see how this goes. Have you ever been in a mental pinch during Halloween and needed to untangle that mess of unwanted murderous thoughts? Well, look no further than Dr. Samuel Loomis for what troubles you. Experience in psychiatry? Dr. Loomis will make you sure that you are A-OK this Halloween season or your money back. Make sure that you're not purely and simply evil. When it comes time to trick-or-treating or taking that special somebody out to that midnight screening at the old abandoned church, Dr. Loomis is the name, and he's the man that you can trust. All right, uh, I hope most of you caught on. We don't, we don't got sponsors. I could say and do whatever the hell I want on this show. Dr. Loomis is uh, one of the principal characters who is recurring in... All the Halloween movies, even the newer two, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills that came out this year, the only one he wasn't in was was this one, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh, which, you know what, uh, without further ado, let's, let's talk a little bit more about said movie. It begins! Now, uh, this movie is the only Halloween movie not to feature Michael Myers, and this is uh, because... Originally, the plan that John Carpenter had for Halloween uh, was that each successive Halloween sequel was supposed to be a different story. So say, you know, the first one is is uh, the murderous Michael Myers in Haddonfield, uh, Illinois. All right, you didn't enjoy that? Fine, I'll say Illinois. Or is it? Yeah, it's Illinois. Indiana is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, but yeah, Haddonfield, Illinois. So each each Halloween movie is supposed to be a uh, a different different story surrounding Halloween and sort of what feelings and sentiments that uh, holiday brings forth. Uh, the only reason he signed on to produce this one and Deborah Hill signed on as well is that it would not be a direct sequel to the first two Halloween movies. So uh, Halloween one, obviously, we have Michael. Chasing after Laurie, Halloween 2, still kind of the same thing. Uh, but Halloween 3 was supposed to be its own separate thing outside of the the uh, world of Mike Myers, which is the original plan that John Carpenter had. Uh, to the point that in Halloween 2, uh, he killed off Myers and uh, Mike Myers and Dr. Loomis. Spoiler alert. But you know what? If you're, if you're listening to this show, that's the kind of the whole point. There's going to be spoilers a lot. Uh, there will be spoilers later on for Halloween Kills. If you're interested in watching that, it is out in theaters, and it also is on Peacock Streaming Service. I do not get any money for saying that. Just uh, thought I'd let you guys know. Uh, so originally, with that, like I said, he, he killed off Mike Myers and Dr. Loomis. Uh, then he produced Season of the Witch uh, so that he would get back to the original plan that he set out originally uh, in 1978. Uh, 
then he'd completely dropped out of the franchise and sold the rights because he wasn't interested in doing Mike Myers anymore. 1982, he was already moving on to other things. 82 is when the thing came out and certifiably is a masterpiece. Uh, not at the time, but we'll talk about it in that the thing episode whenever we get to it. Um, so someone new bought the rights to Mike Myers and uh, the Halloween thing uh, franchise in 1988, and that's why we have Halloween, whatever we're on now, it might be 10 or 13. Uh, but they came back without any uh, sort of explanation of how they survived. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Dick Warlock, yeah, the uh, stuntman who played Mike Myers in, uh, Mike, Michael Myers, not Mike Myers, uh, Michael Myers in Halloween 2, comes into this movie as uh, under assassin in the end credits. So he's one of the dudes who uh, the company uses as, you know, murder people. Uh, originally, too, this is interesting that I, I saw that uh, in an interview John Carpenter gave, uh, he originally wanted uh, Joe Dante of uh, Gremlins fame to be the director of this movie. And let me tell you, that would have been amazing. Mostly because I, <laughs> I love Gremlins. Uh, even Gremlins 2 is, is interesting. We'll talk about that in a successive episode of Video Story Wasteland. Uh, and and just, just, just to put this out there for, for everybody, if there's a movie that you want to hear me talk about or discuss, tear apart, whatever you want, uh, please uh, please send a, a movie list over to videostorewasteland at gmail.com. I'll put the email in the episode description. Please send me whatever suggestions you want. Uh, I'll try to get to them. I really want someone to send me a, a suggestion for a movie that I'm not going to enjoy. And uh, so far... You know, no one suggested that. Everybody's been sending classics, and I'm not against that. I just want something that I'm not gonna like. And and don't 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 suggest the Matrix. I you don't want to hear what I think about the Matrix. Anyway, moving on to sort of discussion of the movie. With uh, just to begin with, it is jar, uh, scored by John Carpenter. He does the soundtrack, and. Uh, if you don't know anything about John Carpenter uh, or John Carpenter's music in his movies, just go out and listen to parts of soundtracks of his for, uh, on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you get your music from, or even YouTube. Go go listen to some John Carpenter. The man does really, really good work. Yes, He's, uh, to my veins! His music adds a level to the movie, especially in this one, that had it not been there, I don't think the movie would have been successful in, in what it did. The movie isn't successful wholly, mostly because there's this thing called plot. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, it gets, it gets thrown out. Uh, a cool, uh, cool, but a big thing in this movie that, that, not 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 saying that it takes away from it. Yeah, you know, there's no Michael Myers. But how can you have a Halloween movie without this sound? I mean, it's it's just, you know, it's just... It, it just tells you everything you need to know because it's... All right, I, I, enough of that one, right? One more for good measure. 
<laughs> All right. So the whole movie itself isn't really what you would consider too much of a gore fest or anything uh, shocking or what you would call horror for horror's sake. Everything is deliberate in the movie as un... Not unproductive. As as much as it doesn't really capture that magic from Halloween 1 or what it is trying to do, uh, it still manages to capture attention to a certain point because aside from the first two Halloween movies, there is no real, like, big bad or evil presence. There's nothing here like Mike Myers, you know, trying to chase after you or anything. It's uh, really the, the main villain in it is a CEO of the Shamrock, Silver Sa- Shamrock uh, Novelties, who creates these Halloween masks. Uh, throughout the entirety of the movie, there's the, the commercial that's being played, and I'll play a little bit of the, uh, you know, the song right now. And uh, throughout the movie, it's just on, like, TV, it's on radio, it's just this interesting... This might be reading into it a little bit, but it's an interesting play on on sort of the the capitalist uh, sort of view that every, you know you got to buy. It's Halloween season, you know what you know you got to buy what it, what's new. Go out and get the masks, uh, and it's directly targeted towards kids the entirety of the movie. Uh, and that point of selling the Halloween mask is what kickstarts the narrative and sort of what fuels the rest of it. Uh, because it starts with a man being chased by uh, agents of the Silver Shamrock uh, Novelty Corporation, which we're not told that until, or shown that until like part way through into it. Uh, but you know, he gets he gets murdered in this vicious eye gouging scene. Looks great. the The effects uh, the effects in the movie look fantastic for practical effects, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, so. That continues on with, uh, you know, we, we meet the doctor at that point, and then he, he the, the guy who's getting chased uh, gets murdered at the hospital, and that, that uh, sort of makes Tom Atkins' character jump to the, uh, the hero point to, become, to uh, you know, find out what's going on, because the daughter of the man uh, who is like I said, played by Stacy Nelkin, uh, comes and asks, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, can you help me find out my, about my father and all that? And they go off to, uh, to, 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 to figure out what's going on, which is, uh, interesting to say because, uh, <laughs> like this man, this man is an alcoholic. He has a bad relationship with his, with his wife and kids already. And he just, Drops drops at the blink of the hat and goes off with the first pretty young girl that uh, says, "I need your help." Uh, that, there's very weird sex scenes in in the middle of it because uh, at the time of filming, Tom Atkins is twenty four, twenty three, twenty four years older than than this girl. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, weird. Not 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 age appropriate at all, but it is 1982. So I guess 
to heck to heck with appropriateness, right? If you watch any movies from that decade, you, you could tell that everything gets played off as a joke, even murder. Uh, so with that, the the setting of the movie is in NorCal, uh, Northern California, for for the uninitiated. Uh, and the town that the the factory is in does bring to mind sort of Stephen King. Alfred Hitchcock and Alfred Hitchcock a little bit is very like a small town, very wary of outsiders, not liking uh, when there's trouble that's uh, being caused in, in there because, you know, the town itself is imposed by a curfew that, uh, interestingly enough, the, the lady who, who uh, announces the curfew is Jamie Lee Curtis. So that's that's pretty cool. Pretty cool way to tie everything in. But uh, the, 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 yeah, the town, it's very Hitchcockian. It's very... Stephen King-esque. I don't, I don't think there's a way to say Kingian. That sounds weird. But, uh, yeah, it, it plays on... Play, like I said, the town doesn't like outsiders, so it plays on that fear of the unknown or fear of the unwanted. That's where all the horror and mystery comes from because uh, at a certain point, Tom Atkins' character, who is a drunk, he, he is a drunk. It, they, they play it off, but it, it really doesn't really seem like he is. Uh, he never really gets taken by drink. He's never like continuously drunk throughout the entirety entirety of the movie. He just gets 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 like a bottle of liquor once, and and that really is used as a plot point so he can meet the a wino, uh, a homeless guy at, that lives in the city, who tells him about like oh the factory took everything and only hires people from the outside. Uh, it's bleeding the town dry and uh, interesting anti-capitalist messaging. Who knows? Again, I may be reading way more into it. Most definitely I am. But, uh, you know, that guy, the wino, gets uh, killed by the company, uh, which at the beginning, the, the the company guys look like sort of your men in black archetypes. And I'm not talking, to, you know, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, men in black. Uh, I'm talking more like conspiracy theory Men in black sort of thing. So the, the the guys who come after you after after you witness alien stuff and ask you about it and tell you to to keep quiet. It's not a conspiracy podcast. There are thousands upon thousands of conspiracy podcasts out there to uh wet your beak if that's what you're into. We're not gonna talk about that here though. Uh so like I was saying, uh those 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 guys who go out and murder for the company actually do later on get revealed to be robots because I guess the CEO Cochran, uh, you know, played by Dan O'Hurley, he, he has, (laughs) he has built robots because that's part of what he does building toys and, and, and masks and whatnot. Again, if you think about this movie a little bit too much it, it, in terms of plot, uh, it starts to fall apart immediately. The The strings are very loose, and if you tug at them, the, the whole thing unfurls. Uh, so, like like I said, it's just a lot of mystery buildup to, to, until you figure out what the, what the whole main plan behind the Halloween masks are, because at a certain point, one of the ladies who comes to buy masks for her little store, uh, you know, takes off a medallion from the back of the masks, uh, and that medallion has, like, microchips in it. So for all you uh, 
you know, anti-vaxxers and all that out there. The, the whole idea of microchips being evil and used to control us has been around longer than probably you guys have been alive. So, you know, I'm not going to say more than that. But it, it just seems like the idea of microchips been, uh, as a plot point to destroy the world have been a thing. Uh, later on, it does get uh, explained that these medallions on the back of the masks... Uh, are imbued with magic from a stone from Stonehenge. Early on in the movie, there's a news broadcast that's used as exposition that talks about how there's a missing stone from Stonehenge, and, you know, that's just where it appears, because, you know, plot. Uh, Jesus, the, Tom Atkins has so much plot armor in, in this movie. He gets captured by, by the evil guy's he beats up one of one of the uh, by one of the robots and and like the robots have been shown to be very efficient at what they do and always you know come on top, but for some reason Tom Atkins, it, yeah, Tom Atkins is the one who uh, who who's able to defeat it. Let's just let's just go with it. Him him and his and his mustache beat them. Uh, and this is where the evil guy does his uh, whole spiel after Tom Atkins is is caught. You know, he does the whole evil spiel, and I, I, towards the end of it, it just and they just need to finish it. it. It it goes from this mystery story to this sort of fantasy sci fi because it is harnessing the power of magic through technology to put them into coins in the back of the kids' heads, which are shown to decompose the heads through magic and science. You know what? I read too much into it, at least that part. The mystery is really quick. The movie gets to the point about it. Uh, The lore lore could have been dropped on top of her heads for like 40-something minutes of the movie. It could have been instead of Tom Apkins finding uh, about the mask in the factory, it could have been him trying to figure out why the masks have this medallion on the back and then the eve no it, it's just he he tries to figure out why this dude is murdered and and then he sort of stumbles upon the fact that evil man is doing evil things uh also at the end the uh Stacy Nelkin turns into a robot because she gets captured by them or was she always a robot who knows because Plot don't matter. Uh, the end is kind of cool. They uh, sort of leave it up in the air because Atkins does escape from everything and uh, tries to stop the broadcast. But it sort of cuts before anything is shown. Uh, I guess there was a novelization of the book, of the book of the movie that was written by sci-fi writer uh, Dennis Etchison under pseudonym Jack Martin. Uh the book, I guess, was popular and was re-released uh, twice, had two, two different releases of it. And in the book, is much more clear that all the children die of horrible, agonizing deaths on Halloween. And uh, that, 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 to me, brings, brings some warmth into my heart. You know, as, as, the, as the great Michael, Michael Jordan said, fuck them kids. That's right. Fuck them kids. Anyway, like, okay. The spoilers I have for Halloween Kills is very, very minor. It's just that 
Michael Myers in the movie. He does kill some people and replaces their heads with uh, Halloween masks from Halloween 3 with the Silver Shamrock logo completely on the back as well. So, hey, who knows? If, if, they were, if they're smart, they would try to somehow incorporate Halloween Season of the Witch into the third installment of the Danny McBride-produced Halloween movies. But again, if they're smart, not here to talk about Halloween Kills, you can go find out for yourself. Uh, so for final thoughts before I leave you guys here, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was and what it, wasn't, what it was not trying to be. It was not trying to be the first two Halloween movies. It was trying to be its own individual uh, thing. And, you know, it's fine. You watch it for that. Yeah, I, I recommend it for solely on its value as, as entertainment. Solely on entertainment value. Don't think. Just watch the movie. Just put it on if you're, like, with friends and they're like, hey, let's watch a Halloween movie. And, like, everybody starts suggesting, like, it follows. Get out. You know, no, no, no. Tell, tell them, like, hey, I got, I got something good for you. And uh, put on put on Season of the Witch and watch how they all laugh at you because you suggested something before 1990. Uh, anyway, that, that you know, uh, might be my favorite Halloween movie outside of Halloween 1978. Uh, just because, you know, it's it's different. It's new. And I'm not, uh, not nothing against Halloween uh, 2018 or the Rob Zombie ones. It's just almost rehashes of the same story. Yeah, sometimes you want... Sometimes in the world of uh, vanilla ice cream, you want you want to go for vanilla bean, nothing 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 too crazy, but just different enough for you, for you to uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, it is definitely a video store movie, uh, you know. So we'll give you that something that you probably could have found in a video store back when those were a thing, pre two thousand ten, pre Netflix. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, Halloween season of the witch. Uh, I'm Brian. This is video store wasteland. Again, any sort of recommendations, comments, concerns, go ahead and, uh, forward those to video store wasteland at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time in the wasteland. complete ripoff from Mark Marin. Here's some bass.
That's all I got. Thank you.